Welcome into the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Episode 5. Brought to you by Reed Furniture in Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. In today's episode, we recap the RBC Heritage, course reviews for Arcadia Bluffs and Hidden River, two of our favorites, and of course, preview and picks for the Zurich Classic this weekend. Let's go! Real quick to start, I will do a little update on Michigan golfers in action. Joey Garber tied for 35th last week, had a decent Sunday. He's 69th in the Corn Ferry standings. So top 75 make the playoffs, top 25 graduate PGA Tour. Will Zalatoris remains atop the standings. Pretty incredible. Does that top 25 in the playoffs get cut down to what ends up being top 25 in the playoffs make the tour as well? Yeah, you get okay. 25 through for the regular season and 25 more for playoffs. Okay. Yep. So you really, you want to be in the top 25 regular season, but that's harder than ever with the two-season combo. As you can, If you look at the point standings, those guys at the top have tons and tons of points. So like Joey, for example, in 69th, he's got to like double his points to get to the top 25 get to the top 25 here down the home stretch of the second year of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're in Arlington, Texas this week for the Veritex Bank Championship, by the way. They were in Vegas last week for the MGM something or other. And Brian Stewart tied for 18th. He had a great week at the RBC Heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, moved up 10 spots from 117 to 107 in the FedEx Cup standing. So he's headed in the right direction. And... It's nice to mention his name this week because he is a former winner of the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. Mm. That was, I want to say, yeah, that was 2016. So not too long ago. And he has played in the event in the team portion, and he's teeing it up again this week with Russell Knox. So, But before we get into all that, let's... let's quickly recap RBC Heritage. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go to Arcadia Bluff. So... Stuart Sink wins easily. Awesome. Pretty easily. Super fun week. Had his kid on the bag. Regan or Regan, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but pretty sweet to have that happen. Just realized I had had my mask on that whole time. Thanks for the heads up. I, I was wondering, I mean, we've been going for a few You're minutes. I was wondering, like I, was like, I was like, how are we going to let that, are we going to have it on the whole? Because, because for people that, are, they obviously don't know, we have changed podcast studios for this episode and i i can't tell you i mean it must be 100 degrees in here but i thought you were gonna wear the mask it's with at least the, 80 with it's the temperature a, the mask was a poor choice really not a good idea because now i'm even i got like i have like a beard sweat and we just started <laughs> uh i i think my my biggest takeaway from this past weekend is really it sounds cheesy, but how how cool golf is that the the final pairing on Sunday was a twenty four year old and a forty seven year old, and the forty seven year old outplayed the twenty four year old. I mean that is golf. I mean you don't you don't obviously you don't see that in any other sport. Uh, to somebody at the age almost teetering on fifty years old to to be able to compete at the same level. Uh, as some of these guys, and obviously Colin Morikawa is like the next big thing. He, he's obviously already won uh, one earlier this year, so it is. Uh, 
it was I, I had a few of those moments throughout Sunday. The very the very little bit of golf that I did watch, that was all I could keep thinking about was that it is it is pretty special this 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 game we love because because of this age gap. I mean the the and it, it helps. Obviously it helps that it was Harbor Town is is set up for I mean it's not you're not going to go out there and, and overpower Harbor Town uh, by any means so two wins now uh, I guess that was two wins the last two years that was that that 2020 Safeway and then obviously uh, this past week but then that was his those were his first wins since what was that what was that Open 2009 it's basically like the same almost like the same season right because how long ago was that that he even that he won. 2000 and I want to see one Safeway. Yeah. In September, September 13th, that's the beginning of the 2021 mm-hmm. season. So really those are, I think all those FedEx. Yeah. All those FedEx cup points are applying to this season. It's also funny. It's like how much more popular is golf right now, this time of year, April on the East coast than it was back in September on the West coast or whatever. It's like, everyone's like, Stuart tank. Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah, he just, you guys, he just won a tournament like six months ago. So he's obviously been playing really, really well. He played really well at Augusta. So the guys just dialed in. I thought his comments after the round were interesting talking about how he just really doesn't, he loves playing golf so much and he realizes everybody's getting better. So he's just playing and practicing harder. And he was having a blast with his kid on the bag, and they were just so fully dialed in all week, and to have his family there and everything. I mean, it was pretty. Did you watch it? Yeah, I always watch because I've been there and played there, and I love that golf course. I love watching guys, you know, try to figure out that golf course and make birdies. And obviously, as you saw, you, you would think when you tee up on those holes. I should be able to make a really good score here, and oftentimes it just doesn't work out that way. And so the, the course is, I think, really, really interesting. I so, love I love the golf course. I watched the full broadcast. So I, I didn't watch, but um, I was listening to, um, I think Colt Nose does a radio show with, with some other guy, and, and he was saying that um, Stewart and Regan, I think it's Regan, were playing or were the pace of play was like extremely slow. Did you Did you notice that at all? Because you did mention they were very dialed in. I, I, it sounds like Stewart very much likes to hear every single number um, that could possibly come into uh, play throughout that shot. And I know, I, I mean, that's not the type of golfer I am because my brain simply couldn't quite comprehend did he, two or three things at a time. But Did he get put on the clock on Sunday? Yes. Like I think he got put on the clock, clock yeah, and twice I, maybe. And I think I heard that he's been put on the clock six times this season or maybe even the past couple months so he needs to pick it up yeah i mean he's playing too slow i didn't notice watching the broadcast though i wasn't watching that closely if they were quite a ways behind the group in front of them i can't remember i didn't notice i didn't notice it because i it was one of those watches on a sunday where you pretty well know the outcome so you're like but to be put on that like i've never even He's got to be going so slow because there are guys out there who are so <laughs> slow that I watch and I don't hear about them getting put on the clock six times in the in the course of just a few months. Yeah, so <laughs> something to, and I think he definitely might get. I think he gets a little bit of a pass because he's with his kid. I think that's maybe where people give him the pass. I don't. I don't Do you know. think that affected Colin on Sunday? Uh, not to the Colin. 
unless he unless he was already affected by hole one and a half like getting to, if he because he, yeah, you're he right. made you're right his poor shots on, came kind of early in the round so that wouldn't be fair to say that because i want to say well he did colin did bury one if i'm correct that's uh, correct to yeah. get it to four and then i think he he did not make birdie on the uh, number two is a par five i believe pretty, he made bogey yes and i think stewart stewart had a eight footer for birdie that he missed as well that could have really kind of still earlier there and then Obviously, Colin did not make um, did not make much of a charge. I'm sure a lot of people were on Colin going into Sunday because they think that they thought that sink might give it away. Yeah, 100 percent. Were you one of those people? Uh, I had not watched enough of it because of because of what we'll get to with Arcadia and Hidden River. I did yeah, I didn't yeah. watch enough of the play to see. Obviously, it's hard to. It's hard to to not back your mind not think that Colin was going to make a little bit of a charge just because of the, the form he's had over the last several months. But then if you if you do remember, Stuart, I mean Stuart, it has only been whatever that would be seven months since since Stuart just won. So and he's, and he's won here before, correct? Twice. This Twice. is his third. This is his third win mm-hmm. here. So this is a. That's why I say that RBC Heritage is so fun because it's a, and I. I mean, silly for me not to have some kind of sink action last week, which was a bummer. But it's it course history like bears out over and over and over again at, at Heritage. You've had multiple, many, I think four or five multiple time winners. Sinks won three. Uh, Felix won two. Um, he's only won one, but there's somebody else who I'm forgetting, an older guy, but Graham McDowell. I mm-hmm. think is one multiple, but anyway, um, that's just something to look out for. What wouldn't we learn? Course history bears out again and again and again at RBC Heritage. So something to remember for last year. Sticking on the rule thing and Stewart playing slow, I was encouraged over the weekend because I found out that Billy Horschel listens to our podcast. <laughs> because he just all of a sudden decided that the arm bar is a questionable, if not illegal putting method and that the USGA needs to look at it, which is exactly what we just talked about last week. So that was obviously no other conclusions to draw other than one. We're absolutely right about everything we say about the rules of golf. And two, Billy Horschel listens to this podcast. Was that on like a, was that after the round on Thursday or Friday? I think it was on Friday because he knew he didn't have to play with Zalatoris. <laughs> so I have a feeling like I'm trying to imagine like what the, like the, the tipping point was in Billy's head. I think that it must have probably was like I'm imagining somewhere in like the middle of the round, and Zal Torres makes like a seven footer right after Billy missed a putt and the, like to save par, and Billy's like, "I'm done with this stupid arm lock. I'm, I'm, I have to say something. I can't. I can't. We, we can't go another day with this arm lock putting." I just think he was worried about being out of the news cycle. Yeah, the guy is really. I mean, he's had such a. He's had quite a year. He's playing great. He's into the top twenty in the world. He was on PGA Tour Live this weekend. I had to watch. It was it's hit weird, so though. many shots on Thursday and Friday. And isn't it kind of out of the blue? I like you remember obviously Billy when he when he won the Tour Championship, which was now a long time ago. But he yeah. was he was very much like a. It's almost like he went quiet now. He was he was quiet for the last couple of years, but these last like four months. You can't. He's 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 everywhere. He's disrespecting Augusta. He's like breaking <laughs> clubs. Like it's. He's grandstanding in the final group at the at the <laughs> match play. He's tossing his clubs in the air and then trying to catch them. And he loves to do that. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so it's real quick recap on the betting because I need to fess up to some of our losses. JT Poston did not play well. I'll just get that out of the way for your sake. <laughs> I, in particular, gave out Ian Poulter, who I really liked last week, and he did not play well on the weekend, even though he did have a he got it really going on Friday and was into the top 10, and I was about ready to go out and spend all my money. But I ended up missing on that top 30 and top 20 and outright because I was in heavy on Poulter and each way. So he cost me most of my losses. I also missed on Piercy, who had a really poor weekend, uh, which was unfortunate because he has such good history at RBC, and he actually has really good history here Two this week at the Zurich. He's a former winner alongside Mr. Billy Horsham, but um, barely missed on that Siwoo top 32 as he just continued to miss, 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 miss down the stretch. I still love you, Siwoo. I'll be riding you every chance I get, including at the PGA. It's a great course for you. Uh, and then hits, answer top 20, Kuchar top 30, Lowry top 30, Lowry top 20, Harmon top 30. Uh, were the good ones. Lowry had a good week. He really sh- probably should have been a couple strokes better. He's just a couple places out of hitting the, the each way that I also that I had on him as well. So all in all, it's an okay week. I'd like to do better at the Heritage because it's normally one of my better events, but I didn't lose, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I I, I think Brian Harmon is like a sneaky becoming one of my one of my favorite golfers simply because he hasn't lost me a bet in like five or six weeks now I don't think I'm trying to think of when he you would you would have gotten a kick out of Sunday afternoon one of the things that I did notice on the broadcast they didn't show very much of Brian on Sunday because they just the broadcast is just not known to as we all know they don't show a lot of golf shots you know they like to lock in on a couple different groups just try to tell the narrative of the whatever so but they did go to him. I think it was on 16. And he made a long putt. and He was playing with Billy on Sunday. And they had some kind of exchange up near the hole when Brian went to get his ball out of the hole. Where, like, the camera's kind of behind the green and looking down. Brian's walking up after he, of course, makes, like, a 40-footer because he loves to do that. And he's still good at putting. And he's going to get his ball out of the hole. And him and Billy are just, like, yucking it up like you see billy's going down to marcus ball he lifts his head up he's laughing you can tell brian's kind of chuckling grabs his ball out of the hole walks away it looked like billy was going to be too giggly to knock in his three footer (laughs) or whatever it's like what are you guys laughing about but there was some sort of exchange there that was picked up sort of accidentally on the broadcast that was kind of interesting and not my sec golf i'll tell you that much he's always on tv He's gonna get. Uh, we're gonna get way off track now, but he's gonna get like uh, half of that forty that forty million dollars of pop- popularity <laughs> <laughs> popularity money they're giving I'm out. I'm so glad we're not gonna talk about that today. I found that so weird. I don't like. I did the the one thing I will say is I wish it was more than it's only ten players split out between ten players, which doesn't seem like nearly enough. There's a lot of players on the PGA Tour. Do you want me to break? Speaking of that, so that you can go on a rant about international soccer. I think my rant actually that looks like that's folded. So just because that they're they're, they're still, not going to do the Super League, you no longer need to rant. Uh, well, I was going to rant about about the Super League being played. So if it's not going to be played, my rants at least uh, calm down a little bit. Yeah, you can save it. 
Okay. So I also I got a few. Do more. you have anything else you want to say about the RBC yeah, Heritage? Because uh, I want to hear about Arcadia Bluffs. Yeah, Matt Matt Fitzpatrick, top thirty. Uh, he played well. I think he ended up like high T four. I think right, something like that. T five, somewhere down or yeah, near, near the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, Kevin Kisner uh, refuses to play well when I put money on him. Hasn't hasn't. I don't even know. He's made the cut when I put money on him. Siwoo Kim, you got a little greedy with the top thirty. I went with the top forty. That was so a good call. So he uh, he yeah. cashed the top forty. Does not catch top thirty. Uh, and then yes, JT Poston. If I would have stayed away from him. Uh, it would have went from a good week to a uh, better week. <laughs> well, congratulations on all your on all your winnings. While you were not watching the golf tournament, doing your research for this program, you were instead playing Arcadia Bluffs on Saturday afternoon. So, first time playing there, first time being on the property. Yes. Tell us what you think. Well, that's an open-ended question. Uh, so I'll just I'll start from uh, from the very like start of the day. Um, I what time did you tee off? Teed off at uh, what was supposed to be one twenty. Got pushed to one forty because of a frost delay. To put things in a little bit of perspective, it might have been a little. It was a little cold that day. Uh, I think we teed off. Before we get too deep into it, there's a, there's a few holes that go away from the water in the beginning of the round that um, I was considering taking a layer off, but then you kind of turn back and start going towards the water again, and at that point, um, it did get a little chilly. So we, we teed off at, at 1.40. Um, I woke up early and just, and just wanted to kind of mosey my way down there. Um, I had just gotten my, my second COVID vaccine on Friday night. Woke up on Saturday not feeling... I mean, I haven't felt 100 percent in like ten years, but I didn't feel like great. Did you feel affected by the vaccine? Did you th- think feel wake up thinking, "Oh, that definitely affected." Oh yeah, no. It, okay. It, um, I was. I told myself if if it wasn't Arcadia Bluffs, so you would not have even played like golf. If, that if, day. if it was like going to like we have a tea time at the Eagle. Well, that's good. That must mean that means you must have had some low expectations for your play. Yeah. No, and I um so I, I went to Walgreens, took a bunch of Dayquil, took. Uh, some exceterin. Um and I felt no nothing more than the recommended amount though. Uh and and I felt I felt fine. So I got down there, went to the Traverse City Golf Center, had to get some golf balls, got to about Elk Rapids on the way down. I I, I looked or I kinda of thought about it, I go, I have zero golf balls in my bag. Uh so went to the golf center. I was I that was where I bought my first set of golf clubs actually. So I have a set Okay, so you moseyed your way down. Yeah, so I you got I, yourself all loaded up on over-the-counter medicine at Walgreens before your round. So Terrific. I got there at about uh, eleven forty. Uh, for anybody, you got there two hours before your round. It was supposed to be uh, one twenty tea time. So keep that. Obviously, only twenty minutes, but I did want to be there early. I just just because I wanted to kind of soak it all in. Maybe grab a drink. Hour and a half. Got yeah, it, got got grab it, a it. drink. Uh, I did need to eat something. Did you hit balls? I did hit balls. Yeah. Nice range. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was anything like as far as like I've seen some like okay, really Okay, I see you have tremendously high expectations. You are a former assistant pro. <laughs> so I I uh I think they have a really nice ring. Do you? Is it maybe is it it's it the, wide, it has a lot of hitting it has a lot of space to hit and it has good grass and sandy soil. So you you everything you just described was not what I was cons- like thinking about with the, obviously the the turf is nice 
for the hitting area. I was there's not really much to aim at out there, and it looks like oh, it looks a little fieldy out there, which is which is fine. Okay, they might need to mow. Um, as far as the chipping and putting green goes, there wasn't a flat. If I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna start bitching a little bit. There wasn't a flat putt on the putting green, which I always like wonder when you're building a putting green. Obviously, there aren't many flat putts in the golf course. Maybe that might be playing a factor into it. It's kind of like a Walloon Lake putting green type of thing, which they've rebuilt. So you, what a shame! So the, the so you could get. I used to spend hours on that old putting green. Uh, where which one? Because they just built one by near one. the first tee. So it's they just uh, expanded it. It's bigger now. But, Great putting green. Okay, no flat putts on the. Okay, but uh, okay. but overall the 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 range area was nice. So I like you give it. the warm up facilities probably like a rating of. Out of one out of ten, not very good, like a six. I would say like six point five, yeah. Seven, okay. Seven, okay. Somewhere around there. Moving on to the So the the as far as the, the carts go, the, some of the nicer carts I've ever seen. Uh they had Did you the, have the heaters and the covers? Heaters and the heaters had the cover, had the full GPS system with uh yardages to the pin for that day. It's probably almost as hot in that cart as it is in the studio right now. Um I So we <laughs> so like I was saying a little bit ago, it was it was actually warm enough before we got near the water where we had like flaps up, yeah, and didn't have the heater on, and we got to like it was hole eight where we were finally like, what the hell, or why do we not have the heater on? Yeah, uh, it gets cold over there by the water for sure. Okay, so uh, the the cart the carts were awesome. The inside of the um, the clubhouse was really sweet, uh, nice locker room area. The um, the food was good. Um, I just grabbed a brat, but it was it was fine. Uh, pro shop was nothing, Small, nothing, nondescript. yeah, nothing huge. Um, I'd love to know how many rounds per day they do. Uh, just tonight. was it busy? Busy enough. I mean, the the parking lot was was full, but it's one of those courses that like you kind of get like, spread out enough where like you don't really you don't feel like you're seeing unless you're playing in a pro am there or something, yeah. which I have done. You never feel like really like you're on top of the next group because of the way that the golf course is built. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure it gets slow out there like late July, early August, okay. or whatever. But I've never played in those at those times of the year. So we we get to the we hit our range balls. Uh, we go to the the first tee, and we are the first thing the the ranger says to me, which I think I, I have heard before. I actually said this to you on the podcast like two weeks ago. I was like. Isn't isn't pace of play kind of slow out there? First thing he says is like four forty five is your time. I love golf. I like really, I really, really love golf. I don't love playing eighteen holes in four forty five. Did it take you that long? Oh, it took us longer. It took us five oh five, maybe five ten, and that's nothing. What do the other guys in your group? You had four guys. So I think are um, we talking? Where are we on the handicaps? I would say we were somewhere between like I don't know, like. 12 and 20 roughly like right were around. you playing was everybody their first time yes okay that's a huge factor yeah so so and i and i thought and about you it. don't really want to rush through around at arcadia it's kind of a special round i don't think they really want to like Oof. tell you to pick up the pace all that often so there's probably some reasoning part of the reasoning behind the 445 though i understand what fully understand what you're saying i'd like to play all 18 holes in two and a half hours every time so we actually, I mean, we, we kept up. We were with the group in front of us. We didn't feel like it's really around the greens. The, the green complex is, I, I told uh, one of my buddies, I, I, 
I truly believe that we had at least 160 putts between the four of us in the group because I can account for 40 of them. The greens are very, very undulated. Yeah. So, I mean, Severe. So you're talking about like making up. So it didn't feel like we were necessarily playing slow. But like you look at the clock and you go like, holy shit, we've been out here for, for mm-hmm. quite, quite a bit of time. Um, so that was, that was kind of that first thing. So hearing that like off the, off the rip, obviously you're excited for Arcadia, but you're like, you're thinking like, Oh, 445. So it, the pace of play, don't, don't make dinner reservations for like five hours at, post five hours after your round, uh, at Arcadia. Yeah. That's kind of like that. That's the, when you're going to play Arcadia. That's just, that's the extent of your plans. So we, um, and you teed off in the afternoon, which was always going to be a little bit slower than the morning. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely. So you ended up playing in about five then. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was like maybe, might have been five, ten, five, fifteen, something like that. Okay, so we know you don't really like the greens based on what we've heard so far, but tell us, what did you think of the golf course in uh, its in its entirety? Uh, so I, I think, I I thought, arcade, I thought it was awesome. I, I really, and that's not, I don't think, because I really thought about it pretty heavily over over the weekend just because you hate to have like recency bias because you just played it the the thing that that i found so spectacular about arcadia is that from face value some of those shots will absolutely will like scare the bejesus out of you and they look so intimidating so daunting but there there is an alternative way to hit that shot that if you can just get past the fact that you're looking at, it's the challenge is visual. Is the, yeah, the visual challenge is is so damning at times where you just can't get yourself to think about like, well, you really could like if you wanted to, you could just like putt this 45 feet past the hole, and there's that slope back there, and that ball will hit that slope and it'll roll back to, and you'll be 10, 15 feet away. So that was the the one thing looking. Looking back on it, you play a lot of golf up in northern Michigan where the greens are receptive enough and it's not windy where you can just flag hunt. I mean, there's not there's not a ton of undulation in a lot of greens up here where it's not going to be like super, super dramatic. Yeah. So yeah. more times than not, if you hit it at the pin, you're you're going to have a you're going to have a good shot. But that's that's not necessarily I found more times than not Arcadia, you are going to need to to stop thinking about the pin, start and and kind of peel back the layers of you have to be a little of more the visual side of this strategic. golf course. Yeah. yeah. So there were times where where rather than and it's just because I think it was just a lack of knowledge where if I if I would have went right I mean there was a slope there that would have at least uh, corralled the ball around and made it made it doable. So. I think that was my my biggest takeaway was the fact that it's you just you can't let the like let the course like almost scare you I guess because there are everything was actually really playable I thought I thought from tee to green it was a very like very the greens are pretty large yeah. the fairways are for the most part pretty generous yeah you're not gonna like you're not gonna lose many golf balls the only golf balls i lost were when i hit them offline and you get down to where you think it is and you look back at the tee you go where the hell is the tee because there's no sight line there's no well, that, yeah, finding that, the tree or like 
oh, it's near that tree because all you see around you is just like Link style. Again, that's the visual challenge of it. And the visual challenge was most Link's courses. At Whistling, they had a huge problem with this when they first put the, built a golf course. And what they ended up doing is bringing in a bunch of those gorse-type bushes and planting those even sometimes closer to the tee boxes so the caddies can say, hit it over that bush. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're not really sure how far is it to the end where that fairway runs out or how, you know, you... you. So one of the good and bad things about Arcadia is that you like you like the golf course more the more you play it. Yeah. Like the second time you play there, you'll have a different approach to the golf course. You'll be more focused on playing it rather than experiencing it. You'll play more for a score. You'll know which areas to protect yourself against, etc. Which you just don't. The first time you go out there and it's foreign or whatever, you're gonna hit. You're probably gonna lose a couple balls. You're not quite sure where they landed and. A few things like that are going to happen to you, but I'm glad that you liked it. Would it? Does it crack your? Can you compare it to anything else that you played? Uh, no, I don't think so. The only thing I, I like, I was thinking about this uh, this morning. The only thing I can like kind of think about, and it's not because it's not near water, is like Arcadia or not Arcadia. Forest Dunes like has that like the, the back nine. The back nine at Forest Dunes has the sand and has, but it doesn't have any of the the wind and the obviously the water that mm-hmm. that Arcadia has. So that's the only thing that I can really think of that is somewhat uh somewhat similar to it. Would it crack your top ten? Oh yeah. Yeah. I uh top five. I thought that it would be I told all of the the guys we played with on on Saturday they were they were figuring out their their top three golf courses and I, I still don't think I could give you the answer would change Day to day between the Heather, Forest Dunes, and Arcadia, and this is your to your top three in Michigan. Yeah, Northern yeah. Michigan or all of Michigan. Uh, I'm just thinking like Northern Michigan courses. Yeah, I, courses yeah. I've played. So I guess there was top ten courses um, here up north. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, really that's one of the great things about Arcadia is you'll play it and you'll probably unless you've had more experience than me in playing overseas and things like that, you're probably going to get walk off that golf course and say, oh, I've never played a golf course like that before. Or at least I've never played a golf course like that in Michigan before. And even if you've played Whistling Straits, it is way different. Arcadia is much more subtle, natural. Whistling is very big and man-made and just a totally different use of the property other than it has a somewhat similar visual and it's somewhat similar routing around the property. But Whistling is built on tiers so that you feel like you're playing a water, a lakeside hole on every hole where Arcadia is not like that. They just use that waterside real estate for the few holes that they really want to feature. And then they have some green complexes and stuff that they like 10 that you play straight down. Like it looks like you're going to you know, hit your second shot right into the bay or your third shot or whatever into that par five. So, yeah, I, I think the the thing that it, it was it was probably a it's probably a tough course to like for your first official round of the year. I feel like it's one of those courses where you really don't get many shots like off. Where like I, you really have to be for, for the first round of the year when you're like still kind of working on things. You, like, I felt like I had to be like laser focused pretty much at all at all times like there's a lot of golf courses where you can hit a bad shot and like the worst case i just didn't want to be in one of those fucking bunkers 
so I like I kept seeing those bunkers in like my landing miss in my miss zones. And well, I go, if you're oh, not, shit. if you're lacking confidence, playing one of your first rounds of the year or whatever, and you're uh, playing um, a visually challenging golf course, you're going to be kind of shaking in your boots on every shot, and you're going to be playing to safety, and you're going to be probably hitting a lot of, you know kind of poor, weak shots on tentative swings and things of that nature. So the thing is, if you were there in your mid-season form, I think you would get on a lot of those same tee boxes or whatever, and you wouldn't see a lot of those visual challenges that you see the first time you play there or when you're unsure about your swing because your eyes are drawn to where you don't want to go rather than when you're confident. You just look out in the fairway and think, well, that's about where my ball's going to land. That's where I'm going to hit it. So yeah. I'm glad you got through it. I'm glad you got a chance to get down there and 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 check it off the list and I'm glad that you liked it. It's a it's a special place for for Michigan golf, no doubt. I'm got to get down there and play that other course off the off the water. Yeah, I I um I don't even know where that is in comparison. It's not the same clubhouse. I don't believe. I I think it's I don't know how far it is from I think it's a couple of miles away. Okay. I don't really know much about it other than that and it's true links, super flat, mounding kind of like the loop at Forest Dunes, so Two pretty awesome properties that we have here in Michigan if you haven't had the chance to go. so All right, do you want to talk about the Zurich Classic? Let's talk about Hidden River real quick. Oh, Hidden River. Yeah, uh, so I, I was... Uh, so you parlayed your Saturday round into another round on Sunday. Yeah. You just we, had quite a weekend of golf. Yeah, we have a we have a golf group, and... Um, you play on Sunday mornings? No, it was just somebody, somebody sent out a text and said, let's play today, and... Um, Matt... Mac was uh, Mac was at my parents' house, so I figured, and they live right next to Hidden River, so figured we'd go out there and play. And it was uh, so we teed off at uh, ten fifty on Sunday morning with uh, it was uh, Braddock and Raymeyer and I, and the place was empty. Peter, I don't understand it. They had a frost delay until ten, so and I well, we we knew that going into it, so I figured we'd have. What would have been what five groups, four groups in front of us, stacked up from ten o'clock until ten fifty, and there was one group in front of us, and they let us play through on the fifth hole, just a twosome kind of moseying around. We played in three hours, three hours and ten minutes. Uh, the course was in absolutely phenomenal shape. I, I mean, I can I can't speak highly enough about it. Those greens looked like they it was June, June whatever, June 18th, uh, rather than April 18th. Well, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I think it must have just been a really good winter for uh, for the grass up here. But I think, I, I think we, I don't even think we, we never released that top 10 Northern Michigan golf course, but I have Hidden River in my top 10. I love Hidden River. Yeah, um, tell us a little bit about why you like, like that so much for people who haven't been able to go out there because it's kind of like off the beaten path a little bit, you know? Yeah, so I think, so the, the first thing, Three holes are a little bit of throwaway holes. Just they, I don't know if they just didn't really have a place for them. But the first three holes are down by the the clubhouse, and they're they're pretty benign. But then you you drive about a mile and a half up into the the woods, essentially up the hill into the woods, um, and then from four through nine you play essentially like up in the plains area, and um, there's nobody out there. Uh, there, there. I think there's one um, vacant house, maybe uh, by five, but outside of that, I mean, it is it is you and nature. Um, so, 
some decent views on hole four through five, but I really like the back nine. The back nine, I think it's really scorable. I think it's really scorable for any um, any skill level of golfer. And my biggest thing that I've I've always said with golf courses is I I really like the aspect of it being just you and the golf course, not having to worry about traffic or houses. Um, it is you're really kind of out there in nature. Um, and I also have I also have a hole in one there, so that's that is playing a factor. It's right next to my parents' house, so I've always always been the, probably the most accessible golf course uh, for me to play. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really great layout. Good mix of uh, good mix of holes. Forced you to use quite a lot of quite a lot of different clubs. After those first couple holes, you have to be pretty good with your driver. I would say, kind of a driver's golf course. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I lost my I lost my driver a few times on the front side, and it just you hit it right in the marsh. And there's also some like some pretty visually beautiful holes out there, particularly yeah. uh, number five. Yes, yeah. the par is the par five with the water on the right, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. You're getting a little bit of golf in these days, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to kind of reel it back in here a little bit, build up some rapport at home <laughs> um, prior to this. <laughs> We got a long six months ahead of us here, so I got nine days, ten days till the season starts. I'm gonna. We didn't play last night, and it helped that it was 28 degrees out. Unbelievable that it's snowing here today. What a load of crap doing a golf podcast and snowing in April. Yeah, no, well, Bayview pins should be in tomorrow, so that's exciting. Exc- that's a huge exciting, development. Exciting times in Petoskey, Michigan. We're close. All right, far, far, far from Petoskey, Michigan is a little place called New Orleans. Louisiana, where the tour is making a stop this week for the Zurich Classic. We're going, this is the one team event of the year on the PGA Tour. So I'm not going to, partly because we're 46 minutes in, partly because I have enough negativity in my life. I'm not going to bitch and moan about how silly this event is, even though it is It is kind of. Nice, nice little break from, what, what are your reasons for not liking? It's hard to gamble on. Extremely hard to gamble on. <laughs> so we're in a stretch here where a couple Masters is really a tough betting tournament because of how small the field is and just how precise you have to be to cash a lot of tickets there and then into RBC, which is great and typically a lot easier, and then back to Zurich, which is another really tough one. I would just tell people to manage your bankroll accordingly like you're probably not going to hit a lot of tickets this week i don't think i'm going to hit a lot i don't know if hunter's <laughs> going to hit a lot like I, nobody really knows what's going to happen what the, the motivation is, is how two guys play together <laughs> it's an absolute crapshoot i'll give you as, ma- as many facts and information as i can about this silly thing but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a beautiful mind moment here where you look at the, the board and you're like i know that that ticket is going to I think Hunter and I had a similar reaction to a couple different teams on the board when we first looked at the odds, and we'll get to that. And maybe those are a couple that we can hit this week, but it's it's pretty tricky. It's half best ball and half alternate shot. What I will tell you is, you want to pick the winner of this event, pick the winner of the alternate shot. Yep. Because in the three years that they've been doing this as a team event. The three winning teams, which were Cameron Smith and Jonas Blixton, 17, Horschel and Piercy in 18, and then Palmer and Rahm most recently, two years ago in 2019, we skipped 2020 because of COVID, ranked, drumroll, first, first, and tied for first in the alternate shot portion of the scoring. 
if you want to pick the team that is going to win, pick the team that is going to excel in alternate chat. Okay, Peter, how do I do that? What these teams seem to have in common, and the teams that generally do well here, like the Kisners and the Scott Browns, are they, they have similar styles of play and complementary skill sets. So, in the case of Cameron Smith and Jonas Blixt, what does Jonas Blixt do? He's a ball striker. He's a great iron player. He's accurate. What is Cameron Smith's specialty? Short game. Potting. So, that seems like it would make a pretty good team. And on top of that, they hit at similar lengths. And they're not, you know, they're not like, it's not like Keith Mitchell pairing up with Brant Snedeker, which is one of those sort of wild teams that we saw this week. Horschel and Piercy hit at similar lengths, have similar games, play a predominant right-to-left ball flight. Piercy's weakness is Horschel's strength. He's not a great putter. Horschel can get hot on the greens. Ryan Palmer and John Rahm, again, similar games. Rahm has a little bit better short game. They're just two really solid players. But you want to look for guy teams that have two similar players but complementary skill sets. So, um, also... I think there is reason you're gonna there's gonna be some course history here because teams that there aren't that many teams that have played together year in year out. So you're probably gonna naturally want to target those teams if they've had good results, like for example, Kisner and Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. Um but the other thing that you can look at is we're on another Pete Dye track this week. So we just played Pete Dye at Sawgrass, we played Pete Dye at Heritage, now we're playing Pete Dye again before we get ready to go play a couple more between now and May 20th when we play the PGA at Kiowa, which is another Pete die. If you've been playing well in those events, you're riding good form, there's no reason to believe you as an individual would play poorly this week at Zurich. There's no change in the style of the golf course or anything like that. This is still a golf course that's going to yield birdies and puts a premium on your approach play and requires you to be accurate uh, off the tee more than more so than long. So that's kind of the gambling sort of preface that I would lay out for you as you approach Zurich and a team event. Find teams with guys who have similar uh, games, complementary skill sets. If they have history, great. Um, If they have form, even better. Um, particularly on those two Pete Dye tracks that we uh, just played. So I said the past winning team, some of the past individual winners here. Horschel is one as a team and an individual. I think he's going to be super, super popular this week with Sam Burns on his team who went to LSU. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a hometown tie there, and Sam played okay at the Heritage last week, even though that's really not a super, super good golf course. <laughs> For him, you would think, and then I did mention at the top that Brian Stewart won here as an individual in 2016. He's playing with Russell Knox this week. So, Hunter, do you have some teams that you really, really like on the gambling side? Nothing that, like, because of those reasons, all those reasons of how hard it is, but there's nothing that, like, I like, look at and I go, like, I have to, I have to have that. The only one that you did show me that, like, I think I'm going to, like, have to bet is is Sung Jay and Ben on, because um, that was that was plus one twenty to to top forty, wasn't it? Or top twenty? Top twenty. Top so 20. you're gonna get you're gonna get you're not gonna get. I've 
I haven't looked at every book, but I know DraftKings and FanDuel so far have not offered any top 40, top 30 lines. That makes sense. It's a team event, so you're effectively half the field. So, so they're going to give you top 10, top 5, top 20. Nope. So they are they are 41 to 1 in that range. Mm-hmm. I think that's a FanDuel number. I'm not 100% sure. Um, 41 to 1 outright. They are plus 120 to Top ten, and I don't even know if I necessarily top twenty. Excuse I think me. it's just because I'm a sucker for for Sung Jay, and you're a sucker for Ben An. That just like it's a perfect marriage. But I don't think I mean Sung Jay is not exactly like playing great. Is it? Didn't he? He missed the cut at the Masters, or he he was like dead dead last. He played terrible at Augusta because he he made like a nine on two or thirteen or something. He had a he had a couple really wild holes. Mm-hmm. He has been. Like if you talk to the guys who are really into the stats, his iron play is like going way up and down, super high variance. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're talking about similar games and complementary styles of play, what does Ben On do really well? He's a great chipper. He's one of the has a phenomenal short game, and he's a terrific ball striker, iron player. His weakness, generally speaking, is putting. What's Im's weakness? Chipping, he's a poor chipper, and irons. His iron play goes up and down. He's still steady off the tee, and he's a solid enough putter. That team, like I said, similar games, complementary skill sets, value. There's a lot in that team mm-hmm. to like at forty-one to one. You can't get Sung JM ever at forty-one to one on his own to win a tournament. So to get him, except I got him at sixty-five last night to win the PGA. Sixty-five to one to win the PGA, which is a crazy number. That is a crazy number. Yeah, it's a great number. Get on that. Uh, so just because he has Ben on on his team, he goes all the way down to forty-one. Ben on is a good player. He's in he's in poor form, but sometimes there's one guy carrying another guy on his team. Anybody know who Chris Paisley is? Me either. He got fourth here a couple years ago because he was paired up with Tommy Fleetwood. So. And Ben On, I think, I don't know offense to Chris Paisley, Ben On ha- ha- probably, Ben On is a good player. So that's one team that stood out to me too. Anybody else jump off the board for you? I had one more. One. So I think the the other values, Willett and Hatton are value at 27 to 1. Hatton is a top 10 player in the world. Willett is in relatively good form. He just finished tie for 18th last week. This is a good golf course for him. Hovland and Ventura appear to have been bet down, or there's some high variance from book to book. I've seen numbers at 45, as high as high as 45, as low mm-hmm. as 29 for Vic and Chris. Apparently he's Chris now and not Christopher. To win Hovland, again, another that's a premium player in this event at a higher number. If you were to bet that or really like that team, I would certainly not fault you for that. I think that's... Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't give a lot of good odds for that team finishing position. Rose and Stenson are thirty-three to one. Um, what do you think of uh, Richie Orneski and uh, Peter Uline? Peter's coming off a win just last week. One by it. one by three or four, I think, at the Corn Ferry over Lipsky. That was a great week for him. I don't know. Richie actually hasn't played well since Bay Hill. He's not. He's missed three cuts in a row. So I 
he's a good iron player and he's a good short course player and that would seem like a good fit for his game type. I don't know if Uline's going to be motivated or if he's going to be tired and mm-hmm. I just don't know the state of Richie's game so I will not be, be I will not be back in that team this week. I may back Perez and Kokrak. They are 41 to 1 and I'm sure you can get a halfway decent top 20 number on them. Perez was second here in 2018 alongside Jason Duffner. He's in relatively decent form. It was Kokrak. He's and Kokrak is in the best form of his career. He finally broke through and got a win when they were out in Vegas. Was that Vegas? I don't know where it was. It, or did he win in Florida? Such a good ball, such a good ball striker. Him and Perez can strike it, but I don't know. Like that, they may party all week, and that maybe it's. But they're playing. I mean, that's a premium team, and Perez has the history, so he can show Kokrak around here. I don't know how much Kokrak has played here, but. I would feel like those two guys in New Orleans playing together, they're going to have some fun. They're going to make a lot of birdies. And they don't hit a lot of bad shots. You know, most of their, if they, if either one of those guys struggle, it's typically has something to do with around the green. So I don't, I think they really, their game, they're going to hit most of the fairways and most of the greens as a team, even, which is really an alternate shot. Like you better, you better have a premium scrambler on your team, or you better hit it good. Yeah, the, <laughs> so I I've been to three or four or five uh, tour events like in, in person, and I obviously you're pretty in awe of, of these guys and like the how their ball striking sounds so pure. But we went to the BMW Championship in 2019, and I want to say it's hole three after the par three over the water, maybe hole three. I, I'm pretty sure. Which got. Uh, I had Olympia Fields, hole three. What, what you, you and Sarah? Olympia or Medina? No, I'm pretty sure. Whatever one that we passed, you and Sarah. No, no, yeah, that was Medina. That's Medina. Yeah. So number three in Medina. I okay. Believe. So the number two, I think, is a par three over water. Okay. Uh, so number three is like a 430 par four dogleg left. Everyone else was hitting a three wood. Um, I even saw some drivers, and I watched Jason Kokrak come up there with a form. And he hit it like just as far. It was it was like the since I've been around golf for for long enough. That was like the and that was just a year and a half ago. Like my jaw like dropped. It, was, it was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> he's a ball striker. Yes, he, dude, the dude the just ball thumps co- it. Went so far. I go holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that's my Jason Kokrak story. He has been he has been playing well. He's he, a great player. He is oh, like yeah. one of those Ryan Palmer type players where he, he sounds different. Big guy when he hits the ball. Yeah, big tall guy. Like Brem is like that. Yeah, he's gotta be like Brem six, is five. he's second. He's like six four, two twenty. Mm-hmm. He's they kind of has a similar build as Kokrak. I think Kokrak's probably a little bit bigger even than Brem. But yeah, and Brem's not playing this week. Lanto took his place and is going to play with Dom. And I don't know what's up with that, but. Uh, hopefully it's not hurt or nothing's wrong, but he's the second. He's the second on tour and driving distance right now. Ryan oh, is. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Behind uh, Bryson, and in front of Champ, Rory, dude, he hits his driver so good. Um. Okay, so bummer he's not playing because uh, I'd like to bet on him, but I do think that Knox and Stewart are really interesting. They're plus one ninety to top twenty. Stewart has had. 
obviously great success as an individual here. Decent team success. He tied for 18. He seems to be playing really solid golf, and the two of them together, again, they're going to hit a lot of... Russell Knox stripes everything, so I think they're going to hit a lot of good shots, and they should make a pretty good team in the alternate shot portion, which, again, is really the bulk of my focus as it pertains to betting, is how can these teams play an alternate shot? They're all going to make birdies in basketball. You have to avoid shooting 75, 77, 79, or whatever on Sunday when you're in alternate shot. You just that's knocks you right out of the tournament and sometimes the top 20. So I like them at plus 190, and I like Scott Brown and Kisner are plus 155 to top 20. I know Kisner's in terrible form. You're sour on him. Scott Brown hasn't been playing worth a damn. It doesn't matter. They're one of the teams here that I think, I mean, I'll, I'll die on this vine at I don't see I'm a harder time imagining the two of them would play poorly than play well. They have so much good mojo here. Yeah. There I think last year was their or the 2 years ago the last edition of this was their worst finish and that they they is only because they played bad the last day. And they tied for 15th. So that still would have hit Oh sorry, that was 2018, but that that still would have hit a top 20. So I might bet uh, Dylan Fratelli and Kevin Streelman. And they were fifth last year. They shot three under in in alternate shot. They they finished fifth. Dylan, but last year, yes. Uh, Dylan Fratelli and Kevin Streelman is plus one twenty on FanDuel top twenty. Streelman just is came off decent form last week. Obviously, that golf course is like kind of made. Yeah, for him. he backed up a little bit on the weekend, but yeah, he's. Um, and I keep seeing Dylan Fratelli's name. I don't know if he's not going to do anything about that, but I keep seeing his name coming up a leaderboard. He's a good TPC player. He won at John Deere. He's a great iron player. He can't putt worth a lick. I played him in a bunch of DraftKings last week, particularly on weekends and showdowns, because he can make so many birdies and go so low, but he just didn't seem to... He didn't seem to have it. Okay, I'll give you one more team that's way off the board. Just to wrap things up here. Well, two. Kelly Craft and Kevin Tway have played in this event together before and played fairly well. They're plus 490 to top 20. $5 uh, wins you almost 25, so I think that that's really interesting. And this one is so far off the board that when I looked at the odds, they literally had the wrong team listed. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm wrong, I should look at this, but I'm pretty sure Seamus Power is playing with David Hearn. Um. Oh, he got COVID. Ah, ah. Son of a. That's why they you got to use the old Google machine. Okay, never mind. He played good last week on the corn, and and him and Hearn play well here every year. So I don't know who they replaced him with, but I will no longer be backing Hearn and Seamus Power because that is an impossibility. But Tway and Kraft just don't get carried away. But like. Yeah. It's not often you get a plus 490 on a top 20. It's possible that could hit. And then I'm probably going to end up backing Rose and Stenson because I have a hard time imagining that they're going to finish outside the top 20 and they're plus money also. They're plus 120. So I'll they're, probably... What? Plus they're, 120 to top 20. They are? Yeah. Jesus. So I'll probably back Rose and Stenson to top 20, Kraft and Tway on a really small piece, Knox and Stewart, plus 190, Brown and Kisner plus 155, and then I'm going to back up the 41-1 to outright on Sung Jay and Ben on with a top 20 at plus 120. 
One team I didn't mention that I think is worth looking at, Doug Gim is one of these guys that's in really good form. Yeah. He seems like he's a Pete Dye specialist. He's mm-hmm. 13th in approach this year on tour. This wow. guy's phenomenal with his irons. Short. And he's playing with Justin Sue, mm-hmm. who has, and we haven't seen in a little while, the kid out of, I think it's Stanford, California kid. Phenomenal player. He's finished like 14th and 8th in his last two events, which were like, one of them was Shriners, I think, and maybe the other one was Puerto Rico or something like that. Uh, they're plus 155 to top 20. So that team has a little more built-in volatility, no experience. They've probably never played alternate shot. Um, but Gim in great form, and Sue is a uh, premier talent. So plus 155 is a really good number for them to top 20. They're, 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 um, their outrights are 40. It's a 41 to 1 outright. Which is the same number as M and On, yet they're plus one fifty five to top twenty versus the plus one twenty that M and On gets to top twenty. So that's that's a lot of twenties, mm-hmm. but that's good value, obviously. Yeah. All right, I feel I've said enough. Yeah. Well, How hot are you right now? I'm like sweating. We've each lost five pounds. Yep. So only only uh, twenty five more to go. Stewart Sink going to make the Ryder Cup team? No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> Maybe he will. who else has won twice this year? It's uh, American. Nobody, right? God. I mean, oh, I, the other guy that's a really good. If you're looking at the PGA, if you're starting to look at numbers on the PGA, particularly if you're looking at guys who you think, again, like I, we talked about Jordan going into the Masters, look ahead, see the events that we're going to play here between here and Kiowa. If you see events where you think guys are going to play really, really well. Go look at their numbers now. Like if you like Colin Morikawa teeing up with Matthew Wolf this week, but it's he's twenty-seven to one. I don't see that number getting those odds getting longer. So you may want to go ahead and move ahead to the PGA. Those odds boards are up on all the major providers. I saw two that I really liked last night. One I mentioned already was Sungjae at sixty-five to one, and the other one was Patrick Reed. And I think his number was like in the thirties. Or something like that, but it definitely stood out as being. There's a lot of short numbers. The DJ, JT, Rory, all those guys are 16 to one or less. So, Patrick Reed's 41 to one. Tony Finau 41 to one. Sung J M 65 to one. Siwoo Kim 65 to one. I'm probably gonna wait on Siwoo because I see those odds <laughs> drifting a little bit. I hope but the so. Sung J Finau and Reed. Like if you like Finau this week with Champ. You like that's PGA is going to be hard. It's probably going to be ten under or less winning score. It's seaside. You have to be able to scramble. You have to be in good form. You have to be able to make pars. So who does that really well? Sung JM does that really well. Patrick Reed both does that really well. Mm-hmm. They're forty-one and sixty-five. So those are two numbers I like PGA early. All right. That's all I got. Enjoy the Zurich. Good luck. Hope you can cash some winning tickets. Yeah, we got a nice social kickoff coming up here. Excited.